Are you one of the only on your job? Do you wonder why the same type of people continue getting promotions? Have you dreamed of getting to the top but don't know how? Welcome to Secrets, a podcast devoted to showcasing dilemmas faced by underrepresented employees in their quest to climb the career ladder. Your hosts, Keith Powell and Ricky Robinson, have experienced the corporate grind for more than 20 years. Now they want to share adventures, pitfalls, and C-suite secrets that they've learned along the way. So let's fill up those cups and get started. Ricky Robinson. Hey, I'm Keith Powell. How you doing? Hey, pretty good. Hey, well, I'd like to welcome our listeners to uh, Secrets. What we're going to be talking about today is giving you a, a little bit of information, a history as to who we are and what makes us the premier authorities on these subjects. That's right. <laughs> That's right. What makes us so special? Right, right. We'll also give you a glimpse into our format and maybe even some of the topics of discussion that we will have. But ultimately, our shows will share with you dilemmas that we've been faced with, you know, in our careers. But more importantly, we'll be speaking to some of the underrepresented groups who are trying to climb that ladder, that corporate ladder that sometimes it feels like the stairs are falling exactly. out of that thing. That's right. Know? The bottom that fell out. Right, right. And I think that, you know, what we really want to be able to do is to provide for our listeners, you know, some of these nuggets of wisdom that we like to refer to as what, Keith? As secrets. <laughs> gotcha. So hopefully, you know, some of these secrets are sometimes taboo or sometimes things that we just sure. don't uh, necessarily speak to or don't have the platform right. to be but able to do But we want to get into it. Right, right. So again, as we think about how we even came up with this idea, like how did it even come up, Keith? Yeah. Like, who's, whose idea was it? Well, it was both of our ideas. You know, we've been <laughs> talking for years about, you know, we got a lot to share and how should we do it, right? And I think both of us have had plenty of people that have approached us for mentoring mm -hmm. and approached us for advice. And so we've always been talking about, hey, what's the platform? Should we have workshops? Should we should we do an online course? You know, just all this kind of stuff. And finally, I think it just clicked with us that, hey, podcast may be the right, right. right route to go. And I think that what we also decided on is I think we will do, you know, some of we'll, those we'll other still things. We'll have some of those other things. You know, as well, because I think um, – Sometimes you end up speaking to someone and, you know, oh, that was a real good conversation or, man, I'm sure somebody else could probably benefit of that or we should record that. Yes. You know, so this is our attempt, you know, to really be able to provide for everyone, hopefully some to help you develop some skills. Yes. To be able to help you develop some uh, professional courage or even some knowledge to be able to navigate. To navigate this, know, this trap that, yeah, that could be out there. All the traps exactly that could be out there is. for you. That's exactly that's right. what it is. So you can grow and prosper. So, so, so as we think about this, like, you know, Keith, maybe if you can, maybe tell some of the listeners, like, maybe who you are. You know, who, who is Keith? Who you, know, you how be? You grow, yeah, how you grow up? <laughs> who and, you uh, be? What's going on? Where you from? Yeah, so I was actually born in North Carolina. And lived in North Carolina until uh, fourth grade. And it was interesting. I, you know, product of a single mom, teenage mom. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, statistically, I wasn't supposed to make it. Right, right. And during my time in North Carolina, I actually, you know, I'm a child of the 70s and 80s. So first through fourth grade, I was actually integrating schools in North Carolina. Oh, man. So I got bust man. from my black neighborhood over to the white schools. Right, so there's right. one one bus of us, mm -hmm. you know, 30 little black kids on the bus. 
going over to the white school to integrate the white schools. So, <laughs> so from the very beginning, I got very accustomed to being the only, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, in a classroom, in the cafeteria, wherever it may be, breaking glass or trying not to break glass yeah, and, yeah, I understand. And, and being that way. So, you know, after fourth grade, we moved to Virginia, Virginia Beach is where I consider my home. And again, huge military presence there. So it was very diverse, right, right. Um, et cetera, et cetera. But still, even though a it was diverse, a lot of transplants. Lot lot of transplants, transplants uh-huh. So, so it was a very different experience there. But even then, just because of classes that I took and stuff like that, I was still a lot of times one of the only, right, right. Um, in in those situations. But overall, you know, and I think a lot of people can relate to this, where probably wasn't very well off economically, but mm-hmm, never mm-hmm. felt. Like I was lacking for right, anything right, necessarily. Right. Uh-huh. So the environment was good. You know, we, we made our way through it. You know, mm-hmm. there were ups and downs along the way, but never felt like I was like neglected or, right, right. or, or anything like that. It was always a good environment there. So after I graduated from high school, I ended up going to uh, Virginia Tech for my undergrad. Okay. You know, I got bachelor degrees in finance and in business management. Mm-hmm. Went and got my MBA at Indiana University in Bloomington, which was another interesting experience. Right, right. <laughs> um, I got my MBA in finance there. And then I then I actually started my career. And my career took a lot of crazy turns, but I started out in the automotive industry. Worked in a couple small towns, you know, at, at plants, mm-hmm. you know, just in cornfields. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, middle again, of <laughs> middle of nowhere. Yep. And um, moved around quite a bit. Got a job in uh, the chemical industry after that. And so when I got my job working for this chemical company, that was kind of my first time also starting to manage people. Right, right. Which was also a challenge because I was late 20s. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Getting my first managerial job, and, and I was supervising people that were like twice my age, and pro- and some people who have never been managed by a person of color, never, <laughs> right, right. Not even just managed; they may not have even seen one, right, or, right. <laughs> lived around so, one. So these are these I'm in are, small towns in the Midwest. So, and, these, so you're stepping into a role where there's a dichotomy of issues that no one's ever really prepared you for. Where even school, school didn't couldn't ever, prepare you. No, for that. no, no, uh-huh. it couldn't even prepare it because. These are the life things mm-hmm. that that on you just uh, that you don't know about on the job. But with that chemical company, I, I moved. I went from from Delaware to Washington State to Canada. Right, so I right. did some time in Canada, um, which was a great experience. And then uh, after that, I uh, had an opportunity to move to a different company, which then became my first global Got it. role. Okay. okay. So now I'm managing international operations and international now, now you need your passport. Em- employees. You need That's passport. right. <laughs> no, right. I, got you. I had it in Canada, but yeah, <laughs> but I really needed it now because uh-huh. now I'm flying all over the place. Right. But right. also you're just managing people from different cultures mm-hmm, and, you mm-hmm. know, all those different types of things. And so that really exposed me to a whole new world and it just kind of poop opened up your world just yeah. totally, just in terms of how different cultures work globally all the expectations of managing employees, all the operations, all those different types of things. And all these roles have been in finance. And then finally I had an opportunity to get out of finance uh, for a little while. And so 
I got a chief of staff role. And mm-hmm. we'll talk about this a little bit in one of our future podcasts, which then gave me access to the C-suite, to the corporate right, suite. So right. was, I worked for, directly for the CEO, followed him around the world. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And that was a totally mind-blowing experience, right, right. Uh, which then got me into kind of more operating roles. And so I spent, you know, after chief of staff role, I spent time, you know, running operations, having more global opportunities. And then the last four years after I, I kind of got worn out, and we'll talk about this a little bit, yeah, because yeah. at the very end of my kind of my corporate time, <laughs> that's when you and I met. So since then, I've kind of been in a private equity slash entrepreneur yeah, yeah. Uh, role as well. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. so exciting. Uh, exciting. You know, there's, there's a lot of craziness going on in both of those worlds, but learned a lot. So I feel like I have a lot to offer just in terms of, you know, just advice on just all of that different stuff that's going on. And um, I'm sure you've had uh, a lot of great experiences as well. So what about yourself? So where'd you grow up? How'd you grow up? Yeah. So, so again, I, uh, child of the, the 70s and, and the 80s, you know, also and growing up. Um, so born in uh, Oklahoma, moved to uh, Southern California when I was probably in the third or fourth grade. And we go back and forth to Oklahoma. So I have tons of family in Texas, Kansas, Louisiana, like all go. of that stuff. So in my have a huge, huge, you know, family. So one of the things that I will say is what has shaped me is always being in a bit of a competitive, you know, like mm-hmm. environment, right? You're, you're competing that, for resources. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> I think the other thing though is understanding how important like that village you know, mm-hmm. was because I can remember, you know, going to school and it was like my family. Yeah. You know, I could that, like, that was school. You know, we have family reunions <laughs> and it's like three hundred of us. Wow. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. a it's a lot of us. So when I moved to California, it was a bit of a different experience. Yeah, a little for bit me, of a right? shock, culture so, shock know, a little bit. I had people talking about the way I speak. Yeah. I had And you're in and, LA, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so boy. you so you automatically people attribute the way you speak to your level of intelligence, mm. you know, and then from there move to Orange County. Orange right. County. Orange like, County, so, wow. So and this was at, at that point that was Reagan country. Absolutely. And <laughs> this at this point in time it was it was just a different thing. Different vibe. You know, kind of growing up. You mm-hmm. know, you're talking about white supremacy, you're talking mm-hmm. about immigration and, you know, all of those things, you know, kind of happening. But what I will say is it kind of shaped me a lot because I'm sure it was different for them growing up around me. Yes. But it was different for me growing up around them. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, from a standpoint of figuring out how I wanted to represent myself, like what I wanted to do. And my goal has always been for lack of better ways to, to view it is kind of proving people wrong. Sure. So when I went to school, you know, you go from being in the Los Angeles area to going in Orange County area where you are the only. You are the only. Okay. And it might be a few, you know, black people, maybe a few Hispanic people, maybe in a few, you know, uh, Asian American people who live in the area. And the whole weight of that race is on your, on your Absolutely. shoulders. Right? It's, on, it's you know? on your shoulders. That's right. <laughs> so, but the one thing I'll say is I grew up being overly prepared, you know, for things because I did not want to be stereotyped or stigmatized for sure, for as sure. the only. And you know you got to be twice the, as better anyway. Absolutely. So I, I studied hard 
to pass. I studied hard to get those Didn't come naturally. Grades. No, it did not, you know. But I think what that did is set me up to kind of really kind of understand some things. So I went to um, – was an athlete all through uh, high school and partly uh, through uh, college. So played football, basketball, ran track, did all of those things. And I was able to compete, mm-hmm. you know, which was important mm-hmm. to me. So went to school in uh, West Virginia for uh, about a year and a half, two years in, in college. And then came back to went to, to junior college in Southern California for about really maybe maybe a year, yep. you know, maybe yep. a year. And then I transferred. And I went to San Francisco State, and I got my uh, BA in speech and communications. I got my master's in organizational communications. Very good. So been in the Bay Area, you know, for most of my most of my life. So yep, ended up boy. moving to Tennessee, you know, for a job, and then ended up kind of coming, coming back, back, which was another culture shock to for some sure. degree. But I feel like knowing what I had been through all of my life, I was kind of prepared. Yeah, for yeah, that. yeah, yeah. You know how to yeah. adapt. You know how to adapt. But the one area where I feel like it had always been a bit of a struggle for me was corporate America. I knew, like, I never really aimed or wanted to get this. Yes. It was one of those things where I ended up being kind of good at something mm-hmm. and ended up kind of sticking with it. Yes. I remember someone saying that, you know, hey, you can't do, you know, HR. I mean, that's women are in that job. Yes. Or this, that, and All those stereotypes. And then I look at it and then you look at some of these CHRO, chief HR officer roles and they're really white men. That's all like, it is like, you know, at like, the chief level and like, the VP who, level. Who, who told you this? You know? right. So I spent the majority of my career in maybe food and beverage and hospitality in some customer service or retail type of, mm-hmm. you know, HR, you know, mm-hmm. function. So I've done everything from staff and recruiting to employee relations to HR generalist, you know, work to doing some of everything to, uh, you know, doing some of the union, you know, yep. uh, So you're de- you'll definitely be an expert on secrets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I've been right. doing that. So and now I, I sit in um, more of uh, the VP, you know, level roles. So work from I've spent the last probably 10, 15 years in multi-billion dollar, you know, organizations from high tech to med tech to whatever, like that's been, and uh, I would say M&A, a lot of mergers and acquisitions and divestiture type work. So a lot of that is culture, you know, based. And I think what brings me back together, what actually brought you and I, you know, together outside of working together is we would sit down talking about some of these situations. Situations that that were going on. You know, and I probably worked... 20 plus years in my career and never had someone in the C-suite that I could talk to and be my authentic self Yes, until you and I met. That's true. And we get the chance to start meeting. We're talking. That's right. You know, about Kicking how we it, having up. a good time. Yeah, That's right. You know, and we're like, man, you know what? Someone else could probably benefit from this. So I've had a ton of people who call me and say, hey, I was talking to Keith and he told me to give you a call. Absolutely. Or Or vice versa. Talking to other people and they're like, hey, give Mm -hmm. such and such a call. So, you know, I look at hopefully we can provide that same spirit or that same energy, that village mentality. Absolutely. You know, to secrets when our listeners hear it, they feel like. There's nothing that we can't bring no, to no, these. Nothing we can't bring to the table, and, and, hopefully. And they won't help us. And if, you know, if we don't know, we're going to have some guests on here who will. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. But so so to that point, you know, we think about expectations, you know, of what people can get out of listening to Secrets. 
talk to me a little about like what you think uh you know might be topics that people have talked to us about or things that we plan to speak about yeah i mean you know as as ricky pointed out i mean some of the things we're going to talk about our experiences and dilemmas that we faced as we moved up the ladder but just some of the, the topics that i think we're going to get into is like compensation at the bot at the end of the day we all want to get paid right and we all need to pay it. the bill so you, get it. you know what is it and then how do you negotiate it right right you know what i'm saying you talked about it earlier we're gonna be authentic but sometimes people don't know how to show up and be their authentic selves at work right how do you do that right. what does that look like you don't know what you don't know sometimes you don't know right that's we're right trying to, we're trying to expose you expose know, that things. that's right or dealing with external chaos going on in your life and you know as underrepresented groups Man, we deal with a lot of stuff outside yeah. of work. Yep, yep. <laughs> that we got to get into. Absolutely. But, and part of what we want to do is just bring it to light in mm-hmm. terms of what we are dealing with to hopefully create, you know, a little bit of empathy and a little bit of knowledge on how you deal with that stuff. Yeah. And, and again, some of these subjects are taboo. I mean, these are the, these are things that we speak about, and and people that know us both know that we're not very good liars you nope. know we usually just kind of tell right. it like it is and the other part of that if you don't know what you gonna know is that we like to sit here and have a little cocktail uh <laughs> while we podcast the truth so, serum. so the, the truth, truth serum gonna go be there anyway so <laughs> right right so right. we can't fake the funk yeah so so you know again we will be speaking to you on a weekly basis there is so much content so much content there's a lot but we're gonna we'll probably keep ours to about you know anywhere in that 30 to 45 minute range there where not only will we be speaking about dilemmas that we've been faced with dilemmas that our listeners tell us that they want to hear absolutely and we again, always want to hear from you yeah and, and and absolutely if we don't know or not well versed on that subject, we're gonna have some people that we're want gonna, to come in and talk. Exactly. Okay. And maybe some of you want to come in and talk to us. So let us know. <laughs> no doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. So now, as I'm thinking through one of the the major, you know, subjects or dilemmas that I've personally dealt with. Yeah. That yeah. I think, Let's um, give people that, a little flavor right, of what, right. we, what we talk about. Um, so so I'm thinking through. You'll hear stuff when we start mentioning like what is your value proposition? Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, I didn't really think about my value proposition until maybe 10, 15 years ago Mm -hmm. when my mentor, she asked me, well, first off, I was a little upset because I wasn't able to get like an upper level, you know. Oh, so you thought you were ready. I I thought I was. I mean, I, you know, I thought I could speak to it. I talked about the education. I was relying on the companies that I had worked for. But what I didn't really take a keen interest in is, my marketing collateral, mm-hmm. you know, how you present that, yourself, yeah, whether that be now I was trying to dress well and trying to speak right, but I didn't think about like the absentee management things, right? Like yeah. absentee management, meaning like if you owned a laundromat or yes. you owned like a parking garage, it's going to make money whether you're there to manage it right, or not, right. you know? <laughs> yep. So some of those absentee management things are like my LinkedIn profile, mm-hmm. you know, like some of those, you know, if you have profiles on other professional oh, so, sites, so social media, right, right. If you're a member of a board or something like that, like those are things that represent you when you're not around. Right. You know, so I think those are going to be like some key pieces where we want to try to bring to you how do you create your value proposition, your marketing collateral? How do you manage external static? Yes. You know, those are major pieces, you know, for all of us. But those are maybe a few 
personal dilemmas where you might hear a little extra passion. Yes. You know, around from it. me. That's right. You know, a little extra passion. <laughs> a little extra so, passion. What, what, what about you, Keith? What yeah. are a couple things from the community? You know, you? a couple things that stick out for me. I like to call one of them the three little bear syndrome, uh-huh. right? Because one of the things that I've always, you know, feedback wise, I have a pretty quiet personality, mm-hmm. right? And so, because I'm a listener. And I'm a processor. Oh, so that doesn't mean you don't understand. Don't you mean I understand, right? Or anything <laughs> like that. Notes. I take notes. I'm processing, right. and so I generally don't have a very effusive personality in the room because mm-hmm. I'm processing and listening. So you think before you speak, basically. I think before okay. I speak a lot, and so you get this reputation of being too quiet. Right. The reason I call it three little bears is because, as a person of color. Now, if I do have something to say, now I'm too hot. Yeah. You're angry. First, Negro. I was too cold. You're angry. Negro. Now I'm too hot. <laughs> yeah. And so trying to find that balance of being just right. Right. You know, as you're managing your career is definitely a dilemma that I've dealt with. And I didn't mention at the beginning with my story, I'm also a member of the LGBTQ community. So just dealing with that as an extra layer career wise of trying to climb, manage your career climb the ladder right, and right. always thinking about how when if yeah, i yeah. come out and it's not like it's a one time thing it is every single person that you interact with you always asking yourself should i come out how do i come out right, do right, i right. come out yeah. and you know all of those things so it's definitely a lot of nuance being part of that community and also trying to climb the ladder. And we'll get into some of those topics uh, in our podcast. So, again, you may hear some ice clinging and clanking. Okay. But well, we know why. You might have some, you might hear a little now laughter. You, know why. you might hear a little laughter. You might hear a cuss word or two. Okay. So, again, I like we, the cuss people. We, 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 we will try to keep it, you know, clean to some degree. But again, this is serious stuff. Like what we're talking about are basically livelihood decisions, Absolutely. you know, things that impact you. I think one of the, the other things that you can expect or anticipate is we will have a section in there where we call it the receipts. The receipts. And the receipts means for us is the statistics, right? Yes. Like we want to make sure that you, you understand facts. this is not just Keith and Ricky coming up with good shit to talk about, right? right? This is like there is a reason why we're talking about these things. So we're going to give you the facts. But then we're going to also speak to you about when you ignore some of these yeah, issues, what the consequences, what the consequences potential are. negative consequences right, if you don't right. deal with it. We'll give you real life stuff. And I think the way that it's going to probably separate us maybe from some other folks is this is not shocking. Uh, we're not trying no. to, you know, say what we can to be provocative. No. We're trying to leave you with actual Things tools to, and resources that will help you overcome, overcome some of these, you know, issues or scenarios that you deal with. So again, if this is something that you're interested in, that's right. Tell everybody, listen, you know, that's get right. in, we will, you know, be able to provide for you all of our contact, you know, info Absolutely. to be able to do it. We're going to be on iTunes and Google and, and, and Stitcher. Yeah. Yeah. Tune if, in. If you need us to be able to come to your organization, to be able to speak, to come to your employee resource group events, to come to whatever it is, we will absolutely find a way to merge that. To make know, it happen. You. That's right. right. And again, if there's a individual things that you need, you know, we will be there. We've been doing, we, we do this for a living. We've been doing this forever. We're just trying to bring this to the mass. Absolutely. So again, 
I'm Ricky you. Robinson. And I'm Keith Powell. And uh, Ricky, my ice is melting, so I think it's time <laughs> to call right. us. Wait, well, right. We thank you all for listening to our first uh, introductory episode of Secrets. And uh, there is hot fire on the way. Tune in. Tune in. Thank you. Thank you all for listening today. Hopefully you gained a secret or two that can be applied as your journey continues. If you are motivated and excited after listening to Keith and Ricky, please subscribe to our podcast, share with friends, and donate via Patreon. Check us out at www.secrets.com to get more information about our secret services. Until next time, cheers! Cheers!